should I say should I say where I, should I say this is in your head or what? Oh, I know. <laughs> well, what's a good, what's what's a good title for a spooky show? Without your head. Without your head, alright. Without your head. There all we right. go. Yeah. Alright, give me the countdown. Bonfires burning bright. Bumpy faces in the night. I remember Halloween. Dead cats hanging from poles. Little dead around in droves. Rounded vertigo With skeleton life is known I remember Halloween this day Anything goes Burning bodies hanging from poles I remember Halloween Without your head, I'm Neil. Mm-hmm. And you are? I am uh, John. Oh, that might be a little strange for people, but we're dropping the the gimmick names. The gimmick names. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're going with a, just the just the real ones from now on. I don't know. Right. I felt pretty stupid telling people my name was Incher. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're taking off the mask. It's it's like the end of the Friday the Thirteenth films. When it, when you always see Jason take off the mask? Well, not in every film. You don't you don't want to make the fans mad now. Like in some of the films, you know, he keeps his mask on throughout the entire movie. Right, right, right. I think I could be wrong. Um, let's see. Well, part two he takes it off. Part three, part four. Mm-hmm. Well, part five because it's not him. Yeah, it's it's old Roy. Yeah. Uh, six, I believe. Uh, now he has it off. Part of that. Uh, yeah. Let's see, seven, he has it off. <laughs> um, Jason, when he goes to Manhattan, Manhattan he has it off. Uh, right. Oh, man, I'm just proving myself wrong here. <laughs> then it's uh, Jason uh, goes to hell. Does he lose it and Jason goes to hell? Jason goes to hell. You see the, you see the mask and Freddy grabs it, but do you ever see him without the mask on? No, you movie? don't see him without the mask in that one. All right. But Kane Hodder does have a small cameo at the beginning. Ah, yeah, he's uh, well after the after the dude eats the heart, he comes out and then uh, Kane's the one guy who's like, "You'll have to go through me," and I'd like to see that. 
<laughs> right. Ah, so I guess there was one of them. Then. Freddy vs. Jason, he didn't have it off. Uh, so Jason, the little... Jason, Jason X, X, he didn't have it off. So the, the latter ones. <laughs> yeah, the ones that Newlon produced, he didn't have right, them off. Right, he keeps it on. In, in all the actual Friday the 13th, though, I believe he takes it off. <laughs> Man, now I just feel like an idiot. <laughs> but anyhow, I don't know. We got some interviews for everybody. Should be a good little event for Friday the 13th, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's a Friday the 13th special. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, interviews with, with the victim, with, oh. the, with uh, Jason's mother, mm-hmm. and with Jason. Yep. I don't know. It was kind of neat that after we got done doing our other show, you know, in your head online.com, we, we, we scheduled some interviews to record. And I was sitting around just, you know, relaxing for a bit before we started the interview. And all of a sudden, my power goes out. Right. How, how strange is that? You're about to interview some cast <laughs> members from Friday the 13th, and then your power goes out, which is like, like you know, a big storm started up. And then uh, the power goes out. It's like right. a staple of like every Friday thirteenth, almost mm-hmm. everyone. Every. Well, then you, right. Uh, we're so not going to run down the films and like prove myself wrong again. But <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're going to leave it at that. And then um, and then you went into you got in your car to like go buy a battery for the laptop, <laughs> and it wouldn't start. No, that part didn't happen. Oh. But anyhow, I was thinking, how strange is this? We're about to interview Betsy Palmer. And uh, and uh, my power just went out. We're about to talk to Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we can't do the interview if I don't have power, so I'm going to have to figure out something. I have this equipment to actually record stuff over the phone, and we're scared to try to reschedule it because we know her schedule's really busy this week. So, so I had this equipment we hadn't fully tested out yet, so I went ahead and used it just so we could have the interview. But the audio's a little funky on that one, so... Please get, cut us some slack on that one. You know we would have had right. it, we would have had it better if it if it wasn't if it wasn't for that. You know it might it might add to the ambiance of uh, Friday the Thirteenth. It, it just while. might. Yeah, it might just uh, frighten you. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh. <laughs> well, anyhow, I hope everybody enjoys the interviews. It should yeah. be uh, should be a well, good right time. Well, run down quick. We had uh, Betsy Palmer uh-huh. from uh, the original Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, played Mrs. Voorhees, the original killer. Which you 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 know I'm always surprised when you find out people who who don't know that you know they think Jason was the killing all of them. Um, we have so Larry Zerner played mm-hmm. uh, Shelley in Part Three. That's correct. It was, was the, uh, the wise crack guy there. with the uh, afro. He even did some wise cracks on us. Yeah. I'll Can you him. believe that? <laughs> I think that proves that he's a, he's a very uh, creative uh, comedian. That you could find something about us. I'll have I'll have you know, Mr. Zerner, I'm very popular with the ladies. That's right. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, so, in some areas, you were considered the hillbilly heartthrob. Yeah, in some areas. but And, and there's know. t-shirts to prove it. <laughs> it's not as if I just made that name up and right, know, just right. labeled it myself. To you. You know, it was right, given right. to me by someone. Some, right, right. Yeah. By, by a mass of people, I believe. Yeah, sure. Right. And, of course, Warrington Gillette, who played Jason in uh, Part 2. Mm-hmm. So, it should be a good time for everybody. So sit back on your Friday the 13th, or the 14th or the 15th, whenever you listen to this, mm-hmm. and enjoy. The only thing that ever bothers me is their gibberish. When they start raving on and on. 
You haven't anything to worry about. He hasn't spoken words in 15 years. Are there any special instructions? Just try to understand what we're doing with you. In hell, I'm the head honcho. I own a few condos and a duplex. Apartments, I have a few sets in a shopping mall. Time moves at a crawl, at least we're air conditioned. I have a newspaper subscription. My neighbor steals it. He thinks it's a secret. Everybody is aware. At least he's not peeping. My swimming pool has a deep end. I invite demons over for the weekend. Yo, we grill out. The L's above eats all my grub and passes out on the couch. Etrogen has herb in his pouch. Cerebus barks until he eats a skylark. On my lawn, a ghoul parks. Dracula's not invited. He's not very polite and his wife is a bitch. Don't burn down my crib. Stop with the lighter fluid. Where the fuck is Cthulhu? This place is a zoo. Pass me a brew. Levi Grindel. My real estate is not for sale. I don't accept your offer because you opened my mail. Fuck your damage deposit. You put holes in your closet. You ripped up the carpet and the plumbing. You clogged it. Malbogia sits in a lawn chair next to Fred Astaire. Pope John Paul is here. He doesn't speak much. Azazel sits in the corner sipping a teacup. This is Mr. Duck. Yo, somebody give Lucifer a call. Tell him to bring the carrot juice and some motherfucking corn nuts. He can stop by heaven and pick up classy Freddy Blassie. Yo, not this though. Get your fucking feet off the couch. Go pay your goddamn water bill. And you, yeah, you pit fiend over there. Get your rusted, broken down car off your fucking front lawn and mow your grass. You're making yourself out to be the white trash of hell. All you motherfuckers leaving chicken on my fucking carpet. Behind on your rent. I know where you live. I'm your landlord. Yo, Jesus doesn't have to put up with this shit from angels. Why do I have to? All right, you all go to withoutyourhead.com. I'll come over there and put my boot up in your ass. All right, welcome back to Without Your Head. And we are now joined by Warrington Gillette, who played Jason in Friday the 13th, Part 2. Welcome to the show. Greetings. Greetings from Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to I, be on your show. Cool. How did you, uh, speaking of Camp Crystal Lake, how did you get from there to uh, Manhattan? I had to get a well. I started in Manhattan, and then I got to Camp Crystal Lake, and then when I did what I had to do up there, I just came back to town. I guess I was going to school in Strasburg and, and uh, getting in the actor studio and trying to make my way into the business. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think when I got a break. It would include all these stunts and, and a potato sack on my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that's, that's all right. I was happy to do anything. Right. Well, we do the show with potato sacks on our head. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Um, how, how did, was that the first role you got um, as playing Jason in Part 2? Was I that your first so. film? Yeah, that was, well, yeah, yeah, first, first, uh, first uh, part in a... Yeah, in a feature film, yes. And, um, you know, I've been to stunt school and, you know, mainly yeah, just been studying. And I was really auditioning for this other part that John Fury got. Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, you know, we'd like you to be Jason. And I said, oh, well, great. I'm happy to do anything. And then they said, well, do you mind if we shave your head? I said, no, start shaving. <laughs> were, were you a fan of the original movie before you uh, you got this role? Yeah, I you know I went. I was I was of course uh, you know thrown out of my seat when uh, Jason come out of the, out of the lake. That was one of the all time greats. Yeah. And then 
how how straight and then I become part of the franchise in the next film. Mm -hmm. You think they did a good job? Yeah, well, I just wondered. Do you think they did a good job, like uh, making you look similar to the uh, to the boy Jason in Part One? I no, I think they just made a totally different look, and I I know that they got an inspiration from a real murder case um, years ago where the guy was running around killing people with a potato sack on his head. Hmm. So uh, I know when they unveiled the face, you know, this was, uh, I think it was brilliant, you know, and between, uh, I guess, Steve Miner, Carl Fullerton, and they, they really made one of the all-time great faces in, in film history. I mean, if people are still talking about it, you know, 25 years later, mm -hmm. it had have been good. Oh, definitely. How long? And I stood in the makeup chair for seven hours, mm -hmm. so it was quite an effort to uh, create it. Mm -hmm. What are you saying, John? Uh, how awful was it wearing the makeup? I it was it was a large you know pain in the ass. <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I mean, they tape your eyes shut, so anytime you lose sight in one eye, mm -hmm. you know it's that's not good. You know. Yeah, definitely right. You lose said, your depth perception. You, you you really lose everything. And then if you have one eye closed off for a long period of time, you start to get dizzy. It's it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be part of the uh, Slasher Fan Fest, uh, Slasher Fest uh, today in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm I'm actually in route right as we're speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, do you enjoy these uh, going to these conventions? Into I, I, go to a, I go to a few here and there. They're kind of fun because, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, talking to the fans. I enjoy, uh, you know, sharing a few moments with them. They really they really take it seriously. The kids, uh, you know, the families come, the kids come. It's a real cult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which do you think was scarier for Jason, the uh, with the, the sack on his head or the... Uh what everybody, uh, I guess, knows of him with the uh, hockey mask. Oh, everybody says uh, the sack on the head gets unveiled. Everybody says that that's definitely uh, scary. Mm -hmm. How about, like, uh, Jason is more like the uh, the mongoloid killer, or, you know, in the later films, he's basically like a zombie. Uh, which do you prefer? Uh, I, I, I prefer the beginning because... It, it's more plausible, more realistic, more scary. The later sequels that everybody agrees with me, they start to become cartoon-like. Mm -hmm. And he's taking 20 rounds in the chest. He's You can't kill him. You can't stop him. You could, you know, send him to outer space, send him to... Uh, it gets become like a cartoon, and kids laugh, laugh at it. They watch it and laugh. It right. becomes a comedy. It's a comedy, and that's not what it's intended to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you got a question, John? Uh, did they film anything during part two that you expected to be in the film and, and then it wasn't? Uh, I think everything that I said that I expected pretty much was, was in it. I mean, you know, you do one scene, I don't know, they do it eight, ten times, and um, it, I wasn't really part of anything that got left on the cutting room floor, put it that way. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't anything that was like, uh, there wasn't anything that was too bloody or too, uh, anything like that for, um, you know, to get to keep an R rating? 
not that I saw because, but you know, a lot of the stuff was done with special effects guy, and mm -hmm. and uh, they filmed that later, and I wasn't really on the set, so I never really saw some of the filming of some other some of some uh, scenes. I didn't see the filming, and I didn't see the dailies, and I, I didn't see it when they, when they had it or, or they cut it. Right. You know? Do you think uh, some films nowadays rely too much on like uh, CGI? You know, instead of just uh, makeup and um, you know, kind of old school special effects. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, Alfred Hitchcock uh, was was the greatest, and and he'd scare the bejesus out of people by doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, uh, he's he's iconic. He's he's the master, the master. I think they need to go go back a few pages and. Um, Revisit some of some of his style. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I think you know, like the special effects can enhance a film, but at, you know, at the heart of the film, it's still the uh, the story itself. You know, some yeah. some movies are just all special effects, right? And, and you know, our definition, uh, you know, the video, right? Now, let everybody know too. You've got a you've got a new movie coming out, uh, Blood Bloody Social. Yeah. Well, they, we, have to make, we have to make it first. Right. <laughs> you've you've written it. It's called Bloody Social. It's going to it's, it's going to be uh, extremely controversial because it's loosely based around the sudden death of my father that we feel he didn't die of natural causes. So it's a huge scandal right now in Palm Beach. Everybody's freaking out over it. It's been all over the media. National Choir Globe. Uh, it's involving it's involving uh, now a local congressman. It's involving uh, you know the DA. It's it's a in my mind it's a major cover up. Absolutely, they violated every law possible with, with regard to his death. And then his wife, this uh, steel heiress, she takes off with her new lover. He comes back. He moves in the house. So bloody social. At least the foundation of it is based on that, and it's a great story of revenge, vigilantism, the poor against the rich, uh, the, the little man against the establishment, and they picked the wrong guy to, to take out and sweep under the rug. You know, they, they picked the father of Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. They picked the wrong guy. And uh, your, your father was actually killed on Friday the 13th. Yes. Yeah, on Friday the 13th. And the, his uh, wife, my evil stepmother, she she invited a priest over, and so they they had a little last supper lunch, and then after the lunch he, he died, and then she decided to call nine one one at uh, six thirty. Mm -hmm. They got there, he was blue and cold, and rigor mortis had set in, and then she takes off on a cruise with her lover. You can uh, you believe this? Uh, how? And, how and there are laws that are that are governing dead bodies and post post mortem examination, mm -hmm. and, and uh, they violated all those laws. There was yeah. absolutely no autopsy when one was the federal and state statutes all required one. If somebody is in good health prior to you finding them dead, mm -hmm. an autopsy is required by law. So when I spoke to the to the town coroner. He only said that, uh, oh, we don't do autopsies on people 65 years old. And I said, well, I don't recall seeing that in the statutes. Mm -hmm. He had no, um, there was, uh, he had no, um, 
disease or any kind of health problems before this? Well, he did have a history of some heart issues. You know, but a lot of people live with a you know a, a valve replacement. They live you know healthy lives and and they're fine. Mm-hmm. It's a little uh, unusual. Somebody have lunch and drop dead. Right. Uh, you, you're selling us shares for the movie. <laughs> To this day, he has no tombstones. He refuses to put one up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're selling so, sh- shares for the movie? You want to explain how that works? I, because this is the little man against the big man. This is the uh, you know the the poor guy against the rich guy. And so I want I want the fans. I want everybody to have a chance to own a piece of this, so people can buy shares a dollar a share. Mm-hmm. And if they yeah, mention. And if uh, they hear this interview, want them to uh, mention without your head, if they buy shares. Yeah, well, it, um, they can go to the website. It's uh, bloodysocial.com. Bloodysocial.com. They, uh, starting, I guess, next week, you'll be able to uh, hit a link that says Ownership Opportunity. You'll see a big stock certificate that will come up, and you'll be able to buy the shares a dollar a share. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the shares added up are going to, you know, own a substantial part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have do you have the whole script uh, already written? Oh, we have the screenplay. We've already got it broken down. We're into, you know, uh, into pre-production. We're, um, you know, we're organizing uh, locations, permits. Uh, we're trying to talk to cast them. My uh, ideal director is going to be hopefully be Jonathan Demi that did Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. You know we're going to have a, a major budget. It'll be shot on location in South Florida and in the south of France. Cool. Well, we uh, wish you good luck with the uh, with the movie. Excuse uh, me. Uh, wish we wish you good luck with the movie. Thank you so much. And uh, when when the stock certificate's up and ready to go, I will let you know. All right. Yeah, we'll put a link up on our website. Uh, you got a question, John? Uh, are you surprised at the longevity of uh, Friday the 13th? Yeah, excuse me? Oh, I was just asking, are you surprised at the longevity of the uh, Friday the 13th series? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely in shock and awe of the longevity. I think... Um, you know, it's unbelievable that, that a uh, a film series could go on that long, over a quarter of a century, and now they're getting ready to release, I believe, the thirteenth film. I think they're. Um, I guess they're gonna. It's. A, I don't know if it's a remake. I think they're calling it a uh, a reimagining. Is the is a new movie? I think they're gonna go back to, um, you know, back when Jason was um, a kid. I for think the new film, they go take a loop back. Uh, you know, um, it's just an unbelievable franchise of of all time. Unbelievable. I mean, the thing Paramount owned it from one to uh, eight, mm-hmm. and then New Line Cinema has picked it up, and uh, New Line Cinema is going on with it. Were, were you asked? Were you asked to be in part three? No. They changed Jasons all the way till they got to Kane Hodder, uh, who did seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. and then after that, Kersinger, and I believe he's done the most recent one. He did uh, eleven. He did Freddy versus Jason, 
and I believe he he is the one that's going to soon be released. But I understand they spent a lot of money on it. It was a big budget. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, was there any reason uh, uh, Steve Dash didn't play the uh, the unmasked part in uh, part two? I have no idea about that. You know, it's it, it is a while ago, and I was working up there, and um, I didn't even know that they had Steve Dash doing stunts at all. I had mm -hmm. no, I, I didn't know anything about it. I never even knew Steve Dash existed. Obviously, he was at the same time I was. Right. And then he came forward after 20 years and uh, he claimed he did some stunts in the movie, which we knew, but I wasn't there. But, you know, uh, that was that. So, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know why they didn't have me do all the stunts. Maybe he was bigger and stronger than I was at the time and they needed more of a more professional stuntman than I was because I was young. Mm -hmm. Maybe we got into it and they realized that they needed a bigger, stronger guy to handle some of the stuff. I don't know. Uh, did you get injured at all uh, filming the movie? No. No, you know, there were some issues flying through that glass, uh, the plastic glass, because I didn't have, you know, I had, obviously I had one eye open and I'm going right through the glass. Mm -hmm. And then. You know, I got cut up, and, you know, I, I was definitely bleeding because I went through there about ten times. Uh, you yeah, know, question, yeah, definitely. Uh, looking back on Friday 13th, what, what what would you say is your fondest memory? Oh, uh, wow. I think the fondest memory was uh, getting the word that you're, uh, that you're, you're hired, that you're part of the production. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's like memory that you're part of it and then I suppose um, you know being being up there and doing that stuff through the window in the end that was that was one of the most incredible experiences in my life and what totally blows my mind and totally kills me is that I know for a fact what I did okay we had built a platform on the side of this house mm -hmm. you all there yeah. Yep. There were three steps I take. One, two, three, and you go through the window. Okay. Granted, I had one eye taped shut, and this whole exotic, you know, effects, uh, uh, face was on. I know I took three step blasted right through the window. It's a fact. Now, the fact that this coordinator, Sudney, and all these people claimed there was a rigging that swung me like an arc through to the house into the. I I've never heard of such a thing. There's no damn rigging. You would have seen it in my clothes. Right. I, I mean, they had a, a, a machete blade sticking through my shoulder. The handle's on the other side. They had loose blood spewing out. They had clotted blood all over me. I was not hanging on a winch. <laughs> Where would the winch have been attached? <laughs> mm -hmm. It was just a silly little cabin, a little silly cabin in the woods. There was no structure on a roof with a winch with a, with a rigging. Right. I don't even know what they are. I have no idea, and I cannot believe that there's all this controversy, how it was done, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Fans are still deliberating over this. Oh, it's wild. <laughs> did you get to keep it's any? Wild. Did you get to keep huh? any? Like, did you get to keep any props from the movie? No. I, keep in mind, you know, the, the budget was a million dollars. Mm -hmm. It's a thirty-day shoot. 
no one had any idea that it would become uh, a billion-dollar franchise. They would they would soon be owned by an organization owning like Lord of the Rings. No one knew. We were young. Uh, Frank Mancuso was young. Steve Viner was young. No one knew. So you know, no one knew that that, that those props would be valuable one day. Mm-hmm. Although I I did have my original script. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Kept that after 20 years. So. Uh, what was it like working on uh, Penny Dreadful? Well, Penny Dreadful was fun because it was uh, this uh, guy that runs the uh, this New York film school, Brian. Brian, um, uh, I forget his last name. Brian. Yeah, no, it was it was a, it was it was a, a great experience. Nice people to work with. Everybody had a good time. Uh, the director was nice. <laughs> uh, we had a, we blew up a head that was crazy. <laughs> you know, that was supposed to be my head uh, with a shotgun blast. Right. Penny Dreadful. <laughs> but look, the most exciting thing that's going to change my life and change history is going to be Bloody Social. Okay, day one of filming, it's going to be everywhere. They will definitely dig the coffin up of my father. That will be on, on national TV. This thing is going to rock. It's going to rock. I'm going to invite every icon in the horror film industry to participate in it. I'm going to have everyone in the business in it that I can. I'm trying to get Robert England to play a key part. Mm -hmm. So um, all these little experiences, I guess, all were positioning me to have the mindset to try to create Bloody Social and to write it and uh, to be able to produce it. And uh, for more information, visit uh, bloodysocial.com. BloodySocial.com, and very rarely do you have a horror or a thriller that's, that's, that's loosely based on a true story. That makes right. it very interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you hope this uh, this film, for like uh, personal reasons, will help uh, maybe solve the um, the mystery of what happened to your father? All right, I've got personal motivation. I'm, I'm seeking justice on it, so it would be great if there if there was an autopsy and closure, and. Um, we we didn't inherit anything. Uh, her lawyers wrote his will, so everything went to her. And so she put salt on the wounds by sending us, like, you know, cookbook and box of old pair of shoes. So in life, when you take a shot in the head like this, what you do is you don't lay down and be a victim. you got to get up swinging. You get up swinging, you kick some ass, you create a piece of art, and you make a success out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Create something positive from a negative. Well, uh, we so really... There, there, hmm? You go on. You go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that's the journey. And while you're doing that, of course, you're getting closure. And uh, you would definitely give the father immortality. We might start a new franchise. This could be a, a Broadway play. It could, it could go anywhere. It could be the beginning of something. And um, not to mention we could all, you know, it would, it would be justice just as well served and we hopefully make money on it and the shareholders can participate and make money mm-hmm. uh, well really appreciate you coming on today I know you're a busy guy especially on Friday 13th okay well I, <laughs> right. I really you are including me in your interview yeah Was, is that the police that's the police go and buy me oh okay <laughs> I'm hey. hoping they're not looking for me <laughs> 
You're not you're not still wearing the uh, the sack on your head while you're driving, are you? <laughs> Friday the thirteenth. It's it's uh, it's a bad day to drive. <laughs> Anything you want to tell your fans out there before we let you go? Uh, let, let's let the police roll by. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is there well, any... it's, been a strange, it's been a strange week in New York. Uh, yesterday, as you know, a Yankee pitcher just, just flew his airplane right into a building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, just in closing, i just say that, um, you know, the uh, justice is in the hands of the Lord, and we are certainly on a journey for justice. We're going to make a nice piece of art, and uh, it'll be it'll be great to have the fans owning a, a big chunk of it. And um, we're going through the creative process, and I'm uh, grateful that I had a little start and I got an opportunity to be part of the Friday the 13th franchise that has been so successful. I'm, I'm uh, overwhelmed to have had played a small part in that. And now it's up to me to be able to uh, take it to the next level and do something fabulous for myself. We uh, really appreciate you coming on here, and uh, best of luck on everything. All right, we stay in touch. Thanks so yep. much.
Hey, this is Adam Green, the director of Hatchet, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. All right, we're back, and we welcome Larry Zerner to Without Your Head. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Cool. So, hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. Everybody knows. Uh, I think everyone knows that you're Shelly from Friday the 13th Part 3. Does everyone know that? Because I, sometimes I think nobody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get recognized well, on at, the like, computer? This... It will say Shelly from Friday the 13th, so people who click on this interview will know why they're... <laughs> they won't randomly click and go, why am I hearing this guy? <laughs> what do you say now, John? Oh, I was just wondering, uh, does anybody like notice you at the supermarket or anything like that? They go, hey, it's Shelly. You know, it, it, it really, you know, in the past ten years, I would say almost never, <laughs> unless I'm at a, you know, I, I'm at a convention or something where obviously people are, you know, they expect to see me there, they're big right. horror fans. But I was, I went to go see this uh, uh, musical production of... Um, Jesus Christ Superstar last month mm. and it was a big deal it had like the stars from the movie there and it was an all-star thing and I'm we had we were sitting uh, and, and literally Harrison Ford was sitting in front of me in the seat in front of me mm. and Gina Davis was sitting in the seat behind me <laughs> right? so it was an all-star thing right it was like <laughs> full of stars right you know, and I'm just there because you know, it's a charity thing and I like the show anyway and after the show we go to the party and one of the dancers in the show he comes up to me and goes, I love Fire the Part <laughs> He goes, I saw you from the stage. I said, really? You, you, know, you know, Harrison Ford and Gina Davis were there. He goes, I saw Harrison Ford, not Gina Davis, not since here. <laughs> but that was like the one time in ten years that someone has gone up to me, like, you know, in a non-horror uh, place and said, you're Shelly. <laughs> any, any clients? Um, you know, since you're a lawyer now? Anybody ever recognize you from the movie? Well, well, I actually, some, I get clients, you know, some way, like I, I've had clients who, who know I'm a lawyer and, and they're, fan, you know, they need a lawyer and they're, um, they don't know a lawyer and they, they just know I'm a copy, but they hear, oh, that guy Shelley's a copyright lawyer, so they call me and, and I've had some great clients um, that way and um, one of my clients is uh, Dan Farrens who wrote Halloween 6 and uh, the upcoming uh, Girls Next Door, and he wrote the Tooth Fairy that just came out. Anyway, and, and he called me on a on a copyright case. And we were just talking, and 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 then at the end of the conversation, he goes, "Were you in Friday the 13th? <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a big fan <laughs> boy, and he, you know, he recognized my voice. Well, everybody know uh, you can check out ZernerLaw.com. Yeah, if, uh, if anybody listening has uh, legal needs in the copyright and trademark area, please give me a call. Right. So I guess we we won't be allowed to sell like a a Shelly T shirt. <laughs> well, you can sell a Shelly T shirt. I don't think anybody would buy it. <laughs> it's, really the, it's really the issue. I think John has a question. With Paramount more than me. Right. I think John has a question about the Paramount legality. Oh yeah, I was just wondering what was. Do you know like the legality between why Paramount can. Uh, they still release the Friday Thirteenth movies, but uh, New Line owns the Jason character. My understanding is that Paramount sold to New Line the right to make future Friday Thirteenth sequels. Mm -hmm. Paramount owns the movies they made, and therefore they put out the box set. 
uh, after the new line sale, but the box set only included one through eight, the movies that Paramount put out. Um, and But I think that New Line does own the name Friday the 13th now for future events, but they don't use it. And I don't know if that's a, that was an understanding or not, whether the reason since, you know, they, now Jason Goes to Hell, Freddy vs. Jason, uh, Jason, Jason X, 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 X. they just don't want to use the Friday the 13th, or they can't use the Friday the 13th. I don't know. I haven't got an hmm. answer to that. Hmm. Um, but, uh, but I know Paramount does own, uh, they own the movie that they made. Were you happy with the uh, the box set? You know, I, I'm happy they did a box set. I mean, could they have done more? They could have done more. And, and you know, they were... Um, I know the people were, who were doing the extras, they were putting together that extra video that, that went on, and I thought that they could have... I thought it would have been better for the fans if they had tried harder to get some commentaries. Yeah. I think the, you know, I mean, the, 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 that extra disc is fine, but I think, I think everybody would have liked the commentaries they had. And the only reason um, we got to do the commentary for Part 3 is that I knew, um, like I'm Pete Brackey's attorney. Pete Brackey wrote Crystal Lake Memories, mm-hmm. the Friday the book. So... The, the people doing the DVD were consulting with Pete, and I said, "Pete, you know, we got to do a commentary. You know, let's let them." So we called the people doing the DVD and said, "Hey, can we do a commentary?" And they said, "Sure." So you know, I call up Brooker and I call Dana and I call Paul and said, "You know, hey, we can do a commentary. If, you know, if you, if you get together, no, you know, no money, but you know, this is your chance." And you know, everybody's like, "Okay, you know, let's <laughs> let's do it." So so we got together and did it, and and it. The day, like, but that was like, whatever. Then Paramount said, "Okay, that's that's it. We can't. We need everything locked for legal purposes." I mean, this was back in March. The movie wasn't coming out. The set wasn't coming out. I think until September, October. But they wouldn't let anybody do any more. But after that, I heard that, like, uh, you know, we talked to Adrian King, and she said, "Oh, I would have done a, a commentary," and, and I'm sure. Right. They could have asked the other cast. Actors are such, you know, egomaniacs, especially <laughs> horror, horror actors who don't act anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's really no, no better career killer than being in a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, other than Kevin Bacon. But, oh. uh, uh, so everyone, I think, if they had asked, would have done one. I mean, they ended up doing, you know, they had uh, uh, Tom McLaughlin did a great one on part six and, uh, and Kane uh, and John Beekler mm-hmm. did one on seven yeah. and, and director and eight, but I think they could. They, if they had asked the cast, they would. Everyone would have done it. I, yeah. I had, I had no question. So I would have. I would have liked to hear the other cast doing the commentary. Mm-hmm. But I was glad I got to do the commentary. You know, yeah. One, yeah. As a DVD fan, I'm always a big fan of all the commentary tracks on the DVD. I was kind of uh, disappointed that there wasn't one on each uh, movie. Yeah. You got a question, uh, John? Uh, just uh, to start out, uh, how did you get the part for Friday Thirteen Part Three? Uh, well, this, uh, you know, the story I think has become a, a legendary. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was uh, eighteen years old, and and you know, you see me in the movie, you, you know, that's exactly what I look like. I was fat and had that afro and <laughs> big geek, and uh, I had this job. Uh, uh, handing out, uh, you know, movie passes. You know, here in L.A., we have uh, screenings so people can judge, you know, early 
movie reviews uh, so the public can see it. And it was a screening of Road Warrior, and I was out in Westwood handing out tickets and just standing there, and uh, two people approached me, and they said... Uh, Hey, are you an actor? And uh, you know, I was—I was an actor. I mean, I was—I was a theater major in college, and I was—I was acting all through high school, and I was trying to be a professional actor. And, and they said, "Are you an actor?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." And they're like, "Well, we wrote a movie, and, and we think you'd be perfect." And it was uh, Marty Catrosser and Kara uh, Watson who wrote the movie, and they saw me, and they went, "You know, that's Shelley." And you know, and. Uh, so I gave him my name. I gave him my agent's uh, number, and, and a couple of days later, I got a call and they said, "Come on down." And I auditioned, and I, it didn't give me the part, but you know, they got me. It got me the audition, and right. it, it, you know, it just happened. I mean, if you you read the when I read the script, you know, it it was like if my best friend had had said, you know, written a part for me. You know, cause it was just like so described. You know, that. Afro geek, you know, it was just practical <laughs> joker. It was, you know, it was me. I mean, it was, you know, it was, so. Um, when when did you lose the Afro? So it was sort of, you know, there was, like, in Hollywood, you can be the beautiful girl in the tight sweater on the on, in the in Schwabs, and you can be the fat geek, and either way, you get the part in the movie. Right. Uh, when did you and lose I, the Afro? I slept with, the, with everyone. Oh man. Oh, we gotta get the dirt on this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when did you lose the afro? When did I lose it? Yeah. Uh, you know, if I if I uh, if I I could probably still grow it a little bit, but right. uh, you know, uh, it's not in style anymore. I think uh, after after college, when I uh, when I lost the weight, I sort of just uh, started brushing my hair back again. But uh, I used to like I used to have a like pick my hair out. I'd blow it <laughs> and, and pick it. I had like in my um, in junior high school, which was it was about half black and half white, I had the biggest afro in in, in the school. I mean, that that was saying something. <laughs> uh, were you a fan of the this series? Seventies. I mean, it was. A, I had a big fro. Right. Uh, were you a fan of the series before you uh, got the role? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'd seen you know the first one. I don't think I'd seen the second one. Um, the second one probably just come out. Um. But it, it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't like, it was, you know, it was just a movie the, for the first one. Um, it wasn't a big, you know, it did okay. It wasn't like this huge phenomenon at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more a Romero fan. Oh, cool. Okay. But I was happy, you know, fuck, I was happy to be in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You have a question, John? Adam Green, the director of Hatchet, he has a question. He wants to know why did the kids take Shelley along when nobody liked him in the first place. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I reject that question. <laughs> I don't. Uh, they like it. Look, in, in in the movie, um, it's set up that uh, uh, Shelley is um, uh, the roommate of um, Jeffrey Rogers' character. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. Um, but he says, "You're my roommate, and I like you." He said, right. I like you. So, uh, I don't know where, uh, why Adam uh, thinks so. Well. So, uh, you know, so, I'm the roommate of uh, Jeffrey Rogers' character, and, and, and Jeff is uh, dating uh, Debbie, and Debbie is best friends with Chris, and then Vera is just the blind date, 
and uh, and where the stoners, where Chuck and Chili came from, that's really not described. Like, how did these two guys get in? Because they're, like, older, and yeah. they're in a different place, you know? Um, well, speaking of, uh, do you think if it wasn't, like, uh, for Jason, like, uh, killing you guys, do you think um, Shelly would have eventually scored with Farrah? Yes, starting to win her over. fat, geeky guys often get the uh, hot uh, girl at... Uh, it happens all the time. Oh, well, that makes us feel better. Although I got to say, look, uh, in in my real life, I'm I'm married a you know a, a woman who's uh, just as beautiful as uh, as Vera. Oh, well, that's uh, good. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you have to you have to change, but there's still hope for all you geeky guys out there. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, you, you know, it it helps if you're uh, well endowed, but otherwise, uh, uh, those things uh, those things are good. Oh, okay, cool. There's that's what you, you got. I know you guys haven't had sex yet, but when you do, there's <laughs> hope. <laughs> I hope so. I just turned 30. <laughs> you know, a question, John? Uh, let's see. Uh, are you looking forward to the movie Hatchet, since I just asked Adam Green question? I'm, I'm looking forward to see it. They're, ha- they're having a, a screening next week at uh, uh, LA Screen Fest. Uh, see about uh, going. You know, I, when you know people... I mean, now I, I met Adam uh, actually a couple of weeks ago. He's a very nice guy, and I know Kane, of course. Mm-hmm. I met him at various conventions, and I met John Beekler, uh, uh a couple times. So, yeah. What are your and thoughts on? Think about it. What are your thoughts Sorry? on uh, modern day horror movies? Well, I, you know, there's there's sort of a, a, a split between, you know, there's some really good ones as always, and and some really bad ones. The 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 eighth or other than the first ring I don't think is is I'm not love it I really like the first ring mm-hmm. the now we're, we're seeing a lot more you know zombie movies um, which for the most part have been pretty good uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake was was really good um, Twenty Days Later was for the first two thirds was good I, I actually yeah I agree with you on that one I think the end when they go to the uh, the military base it, it kind of lost me. Yeah, yeah, but the but the premise was was great, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and Land of the Dead was okay. I'm 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 looking forward to doing the the the, the remake of Day of the Dead, which uh, just finished filming, and uh, Steve Miner, who directed uh, Part Three, is, is directing that, mm. and uh, Jeff Reddick, who's a friend of mine, who wrote Final Destination, wrote that. So I'm I'm looking forward. to that uh, you know and then there's all these you know the the pg-13 thing you know the that's not working too well right um but it's all now this whole thing about let's remake every old <laughs> right. every horror movie from the 70s i mean it, it, i i understand why they do it i mean because they, they make money but it, i don't think they've made good movies out of them mm-hmm. have you heard anything oh, about oh god I mean, it's just sort of pointless. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about the uh, new Friday Thirteenth? Because um, they're not sure if it's a remake or if it's just a retelling of of the original. Yeah, that's all I've heard. It's a you know reimagining. Right. Um, I guess remake's so, a bad word. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a remake. I mean, I don't think they can they, they can do it where the guys because I I think Jason's going to be in it and then Jason's not really in the first one. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to go back and and 
I don't know whether they're going to reimagine the, the, how he gets the hockey mask, but <laughs> you know that no one's talking to me about this. So no right. one has my opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I know at one point they were, they did want to do another, you know, part, part eleven, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I heard they were going to do part eleven, and then they were going to do Freddy versus Jason two, but now they're doing the the, the they're going to do the reimagining first, and I mean, but maybe you need to do that to to take out, you know, take away from the Uber Jason who's. You know, I, I think they sort of lost it with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after part... Uh, after, yeah, when he comes back, like part six. Yeah, I mean, and, and especially, you know, Jason goes to hell, which is the sort of... <laughs> I mean... My favorite scene in that movie is when he eats the heart. The first, the first ten minutes are, are maybe the best ten minutes of any Friday 13th. Oh, when so you like, blow them up, yeah. Yeah, they blow, I was like, oh, that's great, you know, but... Uh, but that's just bad. And then and Jason X, you know... It, I thought he had some great ideas uh, in the movie, but um, he just. But uh, this Jason, who you just can't, who has, no, who's just invulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of boring. Yeah. So, do you think Jason's like? Uh, I guess you think Jason's better when he's more like a. You know, he was uh, mortal. He was like a, just a deranged guy instead of like the yeah. undead zombie. I think that's scarier. Yeah. I mean, when they're when they when you just shoot them and they don't slow down, then it's it, I don't know. It just takes away the any kind of tension. Yeah, definitely. I uh, get a question, uh, John. Uh, all fans remember you as the character who gave Jason the mask. Does it make you proud knowing that? <coughs> uh, it you know it's really nice that uh, you know I have something um, uh, like that. You know, I didn't really have much of an acting career, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I so that I have something that that you know. It, here we are; we're going on 25 years, and people still talk about it, and still people say, you know, you get Jason the mask, and I mean, it's better than than nothing. I mean, it's nice to have a little part in film history, you know. You think if uh, Shelley was wearing a scuba mask in that scene, uh, the character wouldn't have uh, taken off as big as it did the Jason character? No, I think people would have laughed. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just... I, I, that was never uh, an option. <laughs> Scoop of math. <laughs> that would have been stupid. <laughs> do, you, do you know who came up with the idea for the hockey mask? Because in the script it just says uh, Shelly's white mask. Yeah, I, I... 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 Everyone sort of takes credit for it over the years. I've heard... I've heard Steve Miner take credit and I've heard Marty take credit. Um, and... You know, I wasn't into those conversations. It, it's interesting because in the begin at the beginning of the movie, Shelley has another mask, that, that clear mask mm-hmm. that he wears. So I, I don't know if they were if they when they started, they were thinking that was going to be the mask, and then they just went, well, that just doesn't work, and 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 then they went, okay, we'll do the hockey mask. I, but I mean, it's it's you know, it's, some of the stuff just doesn't make sense because you go, so Shelley brought two up. <laughs> To Crystal Lake that uh, weekend, along with the spear gun and the wetsuit, and um, you know, the, in that little box of his, you know, right. <laughs> he <clearly laughs> told, uh, one of the masks. Uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, but, but you don't look for a lot of uh, logic in these movies. Right, right. I think we're uh, overthinking everything. Um, did you get to keep any props from the movie? I did. I got the the fake axe. 
Oop. which uh, when Shelley pops out of the cabinet in the middle of the movie. Um, okay. And uh, I and I asked uh, the, the the special effects guy uh, if I can have that, and he gave that to me. So that's the it's, it's uh, at my home in my office and on a little pedestal. And, uh, you know, one thing I got. Was there any reason, like, given to you why uh, they don't show Shelley's death on screen? Well, I think that, you know, reading the script, it's, it's, you're supposed to, because he does the fake death earlier, and then later, you're, I, I guess you're supposed to, the idea was that you would go, is this another fake death? You know, is he joking again? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you showed it, you would know he wasn't. I think that was what they were. Right. Thinking, although obviously at that point, since we've already seen Jason kill Vera, and um, there's no no one, there's not really any tension there. Like like Shelley's playing another joke, mm-hmm. so they could have shown it. Uh, yeah. but it, it was just never. It was never. It was always written in that way. They never. Uh, we're, ne- we're never going to show the scene in the barn. Yeah, uh, they, they could have wrote it that Shelley was. Uh was just faking that, too, just so he could get away from Jason. Maybe you could pop up well, with no one of the sequels. It, you, know, you know, the one thing about part three, if you analyze it at all, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, is that it's not a movie where people, like, go, oh, there's a killer, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, you know, I'm going to do something stupid. Nobody knows until, until Chris at the end, mm-hmm. everyone dies without knowing there's a killer around. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the kills, he just like he comes out and 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 Vera's out getting the wallet, and he shoots her, and she's dead, and he doesn't. She doesn't. That's the first you've seen her. Mm-hmm. Shelley had walked into the barn and got his throat cut. He hadn't any chance to. So he didn't walk. He didn't know there was some killer in the barn. There was no nothing. You know, there was no reason for him to be scared of going in the barn. Same with uh, everyone else. They they walk two places, but. Nobody, nobody knows that anyone else has died until Chris, at the end, uh, you know, sees the I think the bloody bath, uh, uh, bathrobe. Right. But until then, nobody's uh, doing that. And now I completely forgot what the question was. <laughs> I do too. I don't think there's anything important. This is pretty much, um, you know, if Shelley could have uh, just faked his death. Then maybe he could pop up in one of the, uh, the new sequels. Oh, well, that's what, so that that was why he couldn't fake his death. He didn't know right, there was right. anything, there, any reason to fake his death. Right, he right. Didn't know there was Jason was there. Oh, okay. Uh, one of our fans, uh, Norrin Rad, he wants to know: um, uh, Do you wish Paramount would uh, release a 3D version of the uh, film on DVD? I, you know, I don't think the technology is there um, to release it. Um, you know, 3D in the home video. I mean, I, I've i never seen... I know there's parts of uh, uh, Freddy's Dead that's in 3D, mm-hmm. but they just don't... They don't I, think I think that's Freddy Vision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just doesn't work yet, and so I, I don't think there's any uh, chance of it happening. Although, I would encourage everyone who... Um, if you have not seen the movie in 3D and there's a theater near you playing it, Mm-hmm. I would really encourage you um, to go see it because the movie on DVD is is not it's not very good. Um, a lot of it because a lot of the shots just don't make any sense because there's all these 3D shots. <laughs> right, the stuff sticking into the camera for no reason. Right, but 
when you see it in 3D, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and, and last time I saw it was um, in, uh, four years ago. They had a screening in L.A., and that was really the only screening they've had in, in 20, since the movie came out uh, in L.A. in 3D. And, and seeing it again with an audience and watching the 3D, it reminded me it's just it's a lot of fun. And, and, and I, it, I know this we're, we're taking this at uh, tomorrow's Friday 13th, Mm-hmm. And if people are listening, there are screenings in tomorrow in San Francisco and in Austin and in Dallas and a couple other places. And uh, so if you can go check it out, um, I really, if you haven't seen it in 3D, it, it, it's well worth it. If it, 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 it goes from one of the, not one of the best to, I think, I think really the, the, the best movie if you see it in the theater in mm-hmm. 3D. It's, it's a lot of fun. Isn't there a lot of difference uh, watching a movie at home and watching it in a theater with people? Yeah. Not just, you know, 3D, just any movie. horror movies, but a yeah. 3D movie is just... To, to, that's where it's even a better, bigger, you know, uh, thrill, because some of this, it's because everyone is yelling and, 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 and affected, and, and, you know, when the, when, when the spear comes out of the eyeball, when the eyeball pops out, it's just... Uh, it's a great effect. I remember uh, when the movie came out, and I, you know... We had I I was done for the movie then, so I didn't see that in filming that, and I wasn't really even you know didn't even know what was going to happen. And then you see it and in the theater, and the whole theater just screamed. It was just a great effect, and the film yeah. a great effect. Oh yeah, the, the eyeball popping. But but all the stuff that in the beginning that the there's a rat and a snake, and it's so lame on DVD. But in the theater, it it works and it makes the movie just so much fun. Mm-hmm. You have another question, John? Um. Uh, Scott Goldberg, he has a question. He's a film director. Any plans to return to film? Do I have plans to return to film? Mm-hmm. I have no plans to return to film. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, it's hard when you're a lawyer. It's hard to do something else. I mean, if if uh, something came up and and I, you know, it worked in my schedule, I I I think about it. But to be a professional actor is, is really to spend all your time trying to get um, work. You have to you have to really be focused on getting work. You, you can't really do it uh, and do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you think you'd be up for like a cameo in like one of the uh, Friday Thirteenth movies that New Line produces? Sure. I'd, I'd love that, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> Any uh, plans get to uh, go back into juggling? <laughs> if there was money to be made on the <laughs> juggling circuit, right. I'd be right there. Uh, when did you decide to uh, pursue law and get away from acting? It's, it's, it's hard to make a living as an actor. It's very hard. And mm-hmm. I saw a lot of actors, much better than me, much more talented, you know, struggling. And, and you go to auditions and you see guys who, you know, have been around longer than you and, and they're on the same audition and they're just trying to get that you know that one day role and I just said that's not the future I want so um, I, you know I, I went to law school I, I wasn't sure what was going to what was going to happen at law school but I really liked law school I really had a great time uh, at law school and uh, and I really liked being a lawyer I have a good time and I have great clients and uh, it's a lot of fun Cool. Well, uh, we really appreciate you coming on uh, today. Anything you'd want to tell all the uh, Shelley fans out there before we let you go? Well, it's, I, 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 I'm so... 
humbled and, and sort of, you know, grateful that, you know, people like the role and, and, and people still like the movies. And I went to uh, Monsterania last month in Cherry Hill and, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of people there and, and, and there's still a lot of people, you know, come up and they tell you they love the movie and uh, it's, it's really nice. Um, and, I you know, I got to say, it's, it's, if you if you ever see any of us four people, you know, don't be shy about going up and talking to them. They they all they all love talking about it and, mm-hmm. and nobody's going to, uh, um, you know, everyone loves being in the movies and we all we all were really humbled i mean you know i went to cherry hill they had um we had like uh, i think 16 or 17 of the friday 13th uh, cast members all the jasons were there and all the girls and, and all, we're all amazed that 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 the amount of you know love that the series gets I mm-hmm. mean, you meet people who've seen the movies over and over and, and, and it's, it's, it's nice i mean it's a little twisted and disturbed that people like <laughs> Right. these movies over and over again but uh, but but you know we, we like the attention so it's I, I'm, I'm very grateful for that and it's, uh, it's, it's been great mm-hmm. well thanks man really appreciate you coming on Joined by Betsy Palmer. Welcome you know, I love you can count backwards. 
I'm sorry? That's very impressive. Yeah, it really is. Most people count for, forward. Yeah. That's how he got the job. Are you in Worcester? I'm in Cape Cod. Oh, on the Cape. Oh, my goodness. I've been going to the Cape and working there since, oh, about 1953, 50, maybe even 52, when I first came to New York. My first job was down in Falmouth. Oh, I'm pretty close to there. I'm a sandwich. I don't know if you know. Yeah, sure. No, I the Cape. I'll be up on the Cape in November, as a matter of fact, doing a little presentation for some people who have puppets, large and small, that group. That woman and her husband. I won't go into it at this point, but it's going to be doing a wonderful thing up there. Yeah, probably very talented than, uh, people. The Friday Thirteenth. You want to talk about Friday Thirteenth? No, I'm just saying. Uh, probably what you're doing is a little different than the Friday Thirteenth rule. Well, I always bring that quality, and this is everything <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm a little on the insane side, you know. So <laughs> we creep in no matter what. <laughs> We can let everybody know where you're going to be uh, performing in December. Was it November? Um, well, November, I'm going to be in Yarmouthport at uh, the little church there, the Swedenborg Church. Actually, I did love letters there too for a fundraiser. Yeah, I'm very close to a bunch of people over on that that part of the Cape. Oh, cool. Uh, Ellen Pond, you know, she was is a big um, set designer and. Her partner, Herbert Zinn, is no longer with us, but they always, play all those years at the Cape Playhouse. I hold the record at the Cape Playhouse in Dennis. I beat Shirley Booth by one play. <laughs> Shirley Booth, yeah. And uh, Pat Carroll's an old friend of mine. We've known each other since the 50s. She lives up there on the Cape. Yeah. So. Uh, John's in West Virginia. Oh, yeah. John's in West Virginia? <laughs> yeah. Are you really, John? Yeah, that's what why we don't have any power there? here. That's West Virginia by God. <laughs> that's how you have to say that. He's from West Virginia by God. And that's right, yeah. He's not a fan of that accent. I worked with um, David Selby, who was from West Virginia, good actor. Mm. Actually, we did... Tennessee Williams play The Eccentricities of a Nightingale and Falmouth Tennessee came to see it and was there he made up his mind to take it to Broadway he came backstage after the play after he saw it for the opening night and put his arms around my neck this is Tennessee did and mm -hmm. he said baby you busted my balls and <laughs> which I took as such a huge compliment <laughs> <laughs> to have that man say something, and that's when he decided we'd go to New York. I mean, to, uh, yeah, well, to Broadway. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually, and so David Selby was from West Virginia by time. <laughs> that's that connection. <laughs> Did you have any uh, apprehension, like, uh, doing a horror movie, like coming from uh, Broadway and TV? Actually, I was um, on Broadway at the time that you know, the script was presented to me. I was doing... Um, um, what was I doing? The two character play once, once not once more. Feeling that's another one I did. Oh God, there goes my head. Mm. <laughs> that is the one that the, the name of the show is without your head, so it's fitting. <laughs> what does? Uh, the name of the show is without your head, so that so it's fitting. No, 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 no. It's 
same time next year. I did it for the last year, year and a half. It was on Broadway. And driving home to Connecticut, my car broke down. And a trip that would take me usually an hour and 15 minutes, I didn't get home for about five hours. And uh, so I just said, when I did get home, I said to the universe, I need a new car. And I told my daughter, she and I spoke the next day, and she said, go look at um, the Volkswagen Scirocco. This is 25 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I did, and it was. It was a cute car. I liked it. So I thought, and this is on $9,999.50 or something like that. And um, my agent called on Friday. That was on Wednesday that I looked at the car. And he said, how would you like to do a movie? I said, great. I haven't done a movie since the 60s. In California? He said, no. It's going to be shot in New Jersey. And it's Ken Day's work. And they'll pay you $1,000 a day. I said, fabulous. I said, I just looked at a car I want to buy. And I would take care of it beautifully. He said, well, there's one drawback. It's a horror movie. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't need to add a horror movie to my image of being a game player on television. I really want to be considered an actress, you know. So I said no, and then I thought for a moment, and I said, well, send me the script, and um, and we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll read it, which I did. And I said, oh, what a piece of crap. I cleaned that up a little bit from radio. And uh, and uh, I said, nobody will ever see this thing. It will come, it will go, and that will be it. Well, 25 years later, it's a cult film. I'm known as the queen of the slashers. And um, of its genre, it's number one is a good one. Uh, the other ones, I don't know who the guy in the hockey mask is. I say I'm crazy, but I'm not insane. I would never have... Uh, you know, killed those kids if my little boy went at the bottom of Crystal Lake. So I do not admit to that fellow being anything in my life. Right. Were you surprised when they made, like, a sequel to it and, you know, they used uh, Jason Voorhees in them? Since, you know, in the original one, he's supposed to be dead. Well, I just told you I don't accept those movies. Okay. I just don't admit to them. No. And, you know, the, the second one was made by our assistant uh, producer, I think it was. And uh, I had to go and do another head for him to be in a refrigerator, which is pretty ghastly looking. In fact, I have a picture of it that I have at the um, convention, you know, for the autographs. And, oh, it's, it's very bad looking with my mouth open, you know, and blood coming out. But there's a bottle of milk right next to me and a loaf of bread on the other side of my head. And so I say to the people when they want one, I said, shall I write, you know, Oh, my God, this milk is gone sour. Because that's what it looks like. Right. I was afraid, no, you're going to But the rest of them, no, I haven't. And I haven't done any of the other ones. Uh, I've been asked to do about three of them, and I won't do them. No, at least, you know, this one's fine. This is an all right one. And I like what I do, and I'm only in the last ten minutes. But I have the chance of being an actress, and you know, and really portraying a character. And by the way, you never see me kill anybody in that movie. Right. I'm the one who loses their head. Right. I, I wasn't. I wasn't even there doing it. It was done by a, a guy. Huh. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a shot of a hand with hair on the back of it. I do not have hair on the back <laughs> of my hands. I believe John was going to ask you that question. 
that was your hand. Oh, yeah. What? I was going to ask, uh, was he... Yeah, ask me while I already told you, John. <laughs> <laughs> was that weird seeing uh, your head cut off, like, on film, the first time you saw the movie? No. Why would it be weird? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen my head cut off on film, so I don't know. Well... I've lost my head many times in my lifetime. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I always just looked at it as being kind of dumb. <laughs> you know, the whole idea. But, you know, it's, it, it has, I get fan mail from all over the world, and they love this woman. They love Mrs. Voorhees. They really do. You'd be surprised. I don't know whether you'll be out at our convention or not, but. These dear people come and want pictures, and mm -hmm. and then, of course, I chat with them. I don't just sit there and write my name. I get up, and it becomes a whole love-in, to tell you the truth. Yeah. And um, I just, uh, I finally have decided why they love her. I've been trying to figure it out for years. And um, and I ask people, you know, like when they call in on a radio show, and I say, why? Why do you love this woman? And they say, well, because we understand why you did it. But about six months ago, I was driving home from a convention, and I said to myself, now I know what it is. She's the perfect mother. Not only will she kill for her son, she'll die for him. Right. And every kid wants their parents to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, everybody know you're going to be at the uh, Rock and Shaw convention that's this weekend, October yes. 19th. The 14th yes. and the 15th? On Friday yeah. the 13th. Right. Yeah. I was riding in a cab one day, Neil mm -hmm. and John, mm -hmm. and I can't remember where the man was from, the driver. And we were talking about Friday the 13th. He recognized me. And he said that in his country, Friday is not a bad or an unlucky day. Tuesday is. So in his country, it's called, in whatever language it was that right. we were talking about, Tuesday the 13th instead. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, 13th is so unlucky there. Well, I, I don't look at it as an unlucky thing at all. <laughs> I mean, these two things that I have uh, said are, you know, have not been important things as far as a career is concerned, which was I've Got a Secret, which I did for 10 years, and, and then Friday the 13th, and, which has become this cult film and all. And these two things that I dismiss very lightly have been really the two things that have kept me alive for at least three generations now. Yeah. It's amazing. The Lord works, or the universe works in mysterious ways. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> uh, I guess when you're filming it, you never thought it would uh, take off like it did? No. I didn't think so. I've only seen it twice in 25 years. I don't go, and I haven't seen any. I don't go to movies that much, to tell you the truth. And I certainly don't go to all those horror things. Oh, I like some good old, you know, I, that wonderful one with Harrison Ford, where he tries to get all these people that have come in, like, uh, what, what do you call things when they're aliens, but they become, what was it, that, what's that called? A great film. In fact, I just got a DVD of the uh, director's cut. Of it. Hmm. I bet you guys don't even remember it. <laughs> I'm trying like to remember. I'm remember not sure, yeah. Name. Yeah, well, it was Harrison Ford after he'd done Star Wars. Right. And he's out. Well, it's a great film anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Harrison Ford's a great actor. Yeah, he's a very good actor. Very good. And then I didn't, actually, I didn't meet, the only person that I worked with was Adrian King. And uh, when we did our scenes, because I came in at the end of the shooting of it, and by then it was September or October and was cold and it was all those Pocono Mountains. Some nights it snowed, so we couldn't even work because, it, you know, the whole thing is supposed to be summer camp. Right. So I never did meet, meet uh, Kevin Bacon. I hear I'm, you know, those degrees of separation. Right. So, yeah. about. I've been told there's no degree of separation between Kevin and me. Right. Because <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I never I thought about I that. I one day. Yeah. It's supposed to be summer camp, and yeah, I think you wear a sweater throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so go and figure it. It's like in the first scene, the first scene that I have with uh, Adrian in the, in the cottage, and she's piling up all that furniture in front of the door. I mean, you know, chairs and beds, I don't know, pots and things. Right. And I finally said to Sean Cunningham, I said, Sean, the door opens out. <laughs> and he said, oh, nobody will know. But they did do something with a rope. So that, you know, it's, cool. oh, movies are movies. They really are. And it's fun. And I'm actually, I'm very delighted to be a part of this movie. I am now, mm-hmm. 25 years later. Uh, you mentioned uh, just showing up in, like, the last ten minutes. Do you think your character um, should have, like, more appearances throughout the movie? So no. Would have, like, no. A- no. In fact, I asked Sean, I said, why Why don't you at least be honest with the audience and let them see just a glimpse of this character somewhere along the line? He said, no, no, no. Actually, I think that, John and Neil, I think that that's what's really uh, the, the wonderful thing about Friday the 13th, number one, is that you your imagination is truly titillated. I mean, you really are led down many wonderful paths and uh, so that nothing is, you know, just right there in black and white and everything laid out for you on a platter so that you don't have to use your imagination. Your imagination is used all throughout the film including my coming in like the truth is going to save the day and being this warm, loving woman, and then, you know, you watch her go insane. She loses it. Yeah, definitely. Are you going to question, John? Uh, I, was, um, I was just asking John if you had a question. Oh, uh, I was just wondering, what was your feelings towards Sean Cunningham while filming? Actually, I was um, very um, happy with him as a director. I think he led me down a very good path. Uh, when you play, um, oh, when you play somebody, you know, that's um, ferocious and a killer or whatever, you tend, I mean, like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, you know, and he's running through the maze in the snow and he's got that insane look on his face. You kind of want to do that because you kind of think I have to play uh, evil. But, uh, no, he wouldn't let me do it. He said, no, just, just keep it real, that's all. And that's what makes her so deadly, is because she is real. And that's what makes her so lovable, too. <laughs> Do you think that's scarier, like a, a real person, like somebody looks like a real person as the killer, instead of like the sequels where it's kind of like a maniac? I'm telling you, I don't accept those. And I'm going to stick to my guns. See, I can't really comment on them, right. to tell you the truth, because... I haven't seen them. And uh, I know the guy that was uh, Steve that was in number one. 
Yeah, I didn't even know. I mean, in the one that when Jason started to come upon the scene, that Jason, mm-hmm. and uh, he had first worked with a canvas bag over his head or a paper sack or something. Mm-hmm. And then he told me when they were going to have him because he was doing all his own uh, stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there was nobody there to to do it for him. He He's a good-looking man, and he said, I wasn't going to go through that window and have my face all cut up. <laughs> so he said he's the one that came up with the idea to wear a hockey mask. Oh. So uh, I'm not sure. Maybe he'll be at this convention. He usually is. Maybe he is, yes. Uh, yeah. Steve Dash. Yes, he's a yeah. nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Ari, I think Ari will probably be there, who now is a grown-up young man and, mm-hmm. and has his own band and and everything, and he plays Jason, the original Jason. Mm-hmm. And Tom Savini. Oh, Tom Savini won't be at this one. No, he's going to be in Europe. What was it like to oh. uh, work with Tom Savini? Was it uh, fun? Oh, he's great. Play? He's great, and he's a brilliant genius when it comes to special effects. He really is. He's really quite wonderful. And my first, actually, encounter when I got there to start to do the show was with him. They had to make up my, that um, head for me so my head could go rolling down the beach. Right. And um, he was showing me some Polaroids and I came upon this one and I said, who's this? And he said, well, that's your son, Jason. I said, my gosh, why does he look so strange? He said, oh, he's a mongoloid. I said, what? <laughs> I said, that wasn't in the script. And he said, well, we figured he just didn't look weird enough, so this is what it turned out to be. So I had to do some more thinking in my characterization. I, you know, I really do a whole autobiography of my characters whenever I play them, because before you ever come upon the scene, when an audience sees you, you have had a life ahead of time. And I won't go into the whole thing I, when they have me do talks and things like that at these conventions, and I can tell them the story, because it's a little involved about the character and all, and why she is what she is. Yeah, for and that's got to blow her away, you know. Right. Let's so tell everybody that they can uh, visit rockandshock.com, and they can uh, find out how to, uh, you know, where it's going to be, and get tickets and everything. It's Worcester, Massachusetts this weekend at the DCU Center and the Palladium. Uh-huh. Thank you for giving this all a plug. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I know that everybody's going to have a good time. These conventions are quite wonderful. You I enjoy just get uh, one in Wasteland, and mm-hmm. and then I'm going to be doing Chiller Theater too uh, for Kevin over there in New Jersey. That's a big one, also. They're fun. They're mm-hmm. lots of fun. Hard work. Hard work. Yeah. You you know you talk and are with people like from ten o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. Stay steady. Steady all the time, talking to people all the time. Yeah, Has anyone but I like it. Sign I'm sorry? Str- I was just wondering if anyone ever asked you to uh, sign something uh, kind of strange, besides a picture of your... Uh, oh, no, they bring stuff. Oh, they bring machetes, <laughs> and they bring uh, hockey masks, you know, the Jason mask. And right. they, they want you to sign their clothing, some of them that they're wearing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, no, and posters and... No, they bring a lot of things to be signed. Books, and I don't Did you think get to keep any of the props? Good. No, I didn't keep anything. 
But I do wear a sweater that I have found in a uh, thrift store that looks like the sweater that I wear, so I wear that. They seem to be happy to see me dressed like Mrs. Worries. It's close enough to the one that's in the film. Right. Uh, you got another question, John? Uh, I know you did all your own stunts in the film. Did anybody get hurt while filming? Repeat the question again, John. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Enunciate, okay? <laughs> uh, what is it you're asking? Uh, I know you did all your uh, all your own stunts in the film. Uh, did anybody well, get hurt? If you want to call them stunts, <laughs> I don't think there are any. No, not really. Tell you the truth, no. But what would you like to know about that? Uh, did anybody get hurt while filming it? Oh, not not in our stuff. Mm-hmm. No, and I don't think anybody else did. Just, see, I as a, again, I can't account for what happens with this big tall man with the crazy mask on his head or face or whatever. <laughs> I guess there are a lot of things there that, like Steve said, he did all his own stunts in the first one. I don't know whether that's what happens now. You'll have to talk to some other people. You'll have to talk to a Jason. Yeah, we got somebody. Find out those things. Uh, we hope to have Ari on uh, this weekend. What? Uh, we might be uh, interviewing uh, Ari. Oh, I hope you will come. Come and we can meet face to face. All right. We come, uh, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm a cool cat. You <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I am. <laughs> I enjoy life. I really do. Do come, and you'll come come to my table, and we'll you know, have some laughs together. Thank you very much for this uh, interesting interview. Is there anything uh, you tell your fans out there before I let you go? What, dear? Anything you want to say anything to them? Yeah, to your fans. I just want to say to them that I love them. And that I'm so happy that they love Mrs. Voorhees. Makes me feel like my life has been worthwhile. (laughs) And that they should come and see me and that we will have hugs. I always hug them when we pose for the candid pictures. And I have some nice pictures with me that they would find interesting to have in their own collections. But without the fans, I just want them to know that none of us, not one performer, could be who and what they are unless we had people who enjoyed seeing us work. And that's why all these performers should never forget that. Without you, we would be nothing. Okay? Well, thanks a lot. really appreciate you uh, coming on tonight. My pleasure. I'm pleased that you wanted to talk, both of you. And, John, wherever you are, <laughs> West Virginia, whatever, <laughs> come up to the Cape and we'll all play. Come up to Worcester.